Good morning. Today is Thursday, September 1st, 2022. In this week's Torah portion, Shoftim, we learn about a number of people who were able to get a deferment from army service. Now, I want to make it clear that what the Torah describes in our Parsha this week does not apply to us today in the modern state of Israel because the need for soldiers in the IDF today is in a category of defending the state of Israel and the Jewish people on a daily basis. And for that purpose, there is no deferment. The Talmud actually says, Even a bride and a groom from their bridal canopy need to leave in order to serve to defend the Jewish people. And that is absolutely what applies today. But in our Parsha, we have a discussion about a war that is not that kind of a war, where there is a standing army, and it's not an emergency, and it's not to defend the Jewish people. There are several deferments from military service. Torah says as follows. The officers will speak to the people who are assembled about to go into battle, and they will say, Who is here who built a new house but didn't have a chance to live in it? Go home. You don't have to serve. Who is a person who planted a new vineyard but you didn't have a chance to enjoy it? Go home. You don't have to serve. Who is a person who is engaged to be married but you have not yet completed the process of getting married? Go home. You don't need to be served. You don't need to serve. And then the officers would continue with one more category of deferment, and they would say, Who among you is afraid and feels frightened at the prospect of going into battle, going into war? You should go home. You're exempt. Go home. So, what does that mean? A person who is afraid? What kind of person are we talking about? So, the Mishnah discusses this. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Literally, the way it sounds. A person who, A person who's afraid to go into battle, and their weapons, and their arms, and people get killed, and they get hurt, and they're wounded, and there's trauma, and a person says to themselves, I can't do it. I'm afraid. I'm frightened. So the Torah says, go home. Go home because you're going to bring down the morale of everybody else. Go home. Okay. Some people are frightened. Rabbi Yossi Aglili Omer, Rabbi Yossi Aglili says, no, it does not refer to that. It refers to a person who is afraid to go into war because they've committed sins. And since they have committed sins, they are worried that they will not have the merit that God will protect them in this battle. So, Rabbi Yossi goes on to say, the Torah has several exemptions 
not only this one exemption about a person who committed sins, Therefore, the Torah has several categories of exemptions. So, after this officer speaks, gives the speech, here are all the exemptions, so, of course, there are a number of people that are going to go home. Well, anyone who's watching is not going to know this person is going home for this reason and this person is going home because of this exemption, so it will protect from embarrassing someone who's going home because they committed sins. No one wants others to know that they are going home because they're afraid because of the sins that they committed. So it's hidden in the fact that there are several categories of of exemptions. And so you see the tremendous sensitivity of the Torah in how it hides this category among the other categories. So no one will be embarrassed to go home because they committed sins. Okay. But the Kotzka Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Kotzk, asks a very obvious question. Wouldn't everyone feel like that? Is there anyone who can say about themselves that they have not committed any sins? Would not everybody be afraid to go to war knowing that they had committed sins? And maybe God's protection would not cover their safety? Who among us would not be afraid of such a thing? How could you have anybody going to war once there is this category of exemption? So I want to share with you an approach. And in order to share with you the answer that the Kutzka Rebbe gives, I want to start with the way that Bailey Newman helps us to understand this. And we'll start with the following story. There was a man who once visited his rabbi before the high holidays. And he said to his rabbi, tell me please, how should I prepare? Rosh Hashanah's coming, Yom Kippur's coming, There are serious issues going on in heaven, in my life. How should I prepare? And the rabbi said to him, the most important thing you can do is to ask forgiveness from everyone that you have wronged and also that you should forgive anyone who has wronged you. That's the most important preparation you can do to be ready for the judgment, and hopefully the forgiveness of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So the man went home and he did exactly what his rabbi said. And he came back to his rabbi a week later. And his rabbi said to him, you didn't do it yet. You didn't complete what I asked you to do. There are still those you had wronged and you've not yet asked forgiveness from them. So the man ran home, he made an accounting of his life, he thought through, he went through introspection in order to make sure that whoever he had wronged, he had, he had asked for forgiveness and he had forgiven everyone and he thought that he had really done a complete job and he came back to his rabbi and his rabbi said, you still haven't done it. And the man says, Rebbe, I don't understand. Who did I leave out? 
I asked everyone I know for forgiveness. And I, in turn, personally forgave every single person who wronged me. Who did I miss? And the rabbi looked at him and he said, My son, did you forgive yourself? For some of us, and some of us really means all of us, our supreme struggle is what Dr. Leo Jung called the most terrifying thing, and that is to accept the totality of ourselves, to harmonize within ourselves not just our light, but also our darkness. We can forgive anyone except ourselves. We endlessly ask ourselves, how could I have been so foolish? How could I have caused such damage? The sins of our past often take over our conception of ourselves, how we see ourselves. And then we tell ourselves, well, of course, we deserve to suffer because we are irreparably damaged. The great Hasidic master, Chedushi Harim, wrote, if a person has committed a serious sin and continually focuses on what he has done wrong, he is in fact thinking all the time only about this one action. And if a person is focused only on that, he is stuck in the mud. And a person who thinks about the mud will remain in the mud. But what does God gain from that? Because while thinking only of the sin that I have committed, I could be stringing together pearls, adding something to the glory of God, and yet I'm simply stuck in the mud. And what happens is we replay these scenes where we've made mistakes over and over again. We get trapped into a loop of this negative thinking, and we fixate on how we could have done it better, how we could have done it differently. And mistakenly, sometimes, we even think this is productive. But it's not. Aldous Huxley once said that rolling in the mud is not the best way to get clean. Bailey Newman says it a little differently. She says, We do not need to beat ourselves up. Believe me, life does it to us enough already. Now, of course, when we have made a mistake, we have done something even terrible, we have to do teshuva. We have to repent. And it's got to be sincere. And it's got to be with honesty. And it's got to be with humility. 
And that means that we have to compensate the person that we have harmed, and we have to ask forgiveness, and we have to be sincere in our regret over what we did and in our desire and commitment not to do it again. Of course, that's the first step. But once we've done that, we need to learn to forgive ourselves. Now, with that introduction, we can come to the understanding of how the Kotzker Rebbe answers the question that he asked at the beginning. The Kotzker suggests a remarkable new way of interpreting the verse that I quoted at the beginning. The officers say to the people, Mi ho'ish hamis yore min ho'avero shibiyado. Who is the person who is afraid of the sins that are in their hand? Literally, that's how we translate it. Not every person who committed a sin is exempt from going to battle. That's not what the Torah is saying. The exemption is for someone who, having done a sin, and despite having repented sincerely for it, the person is still distressed. The person is still obsessed with that past transgression. It is biyado, avero shabiyado. It is still in the person's hand. They're holding on to it. It is still their present reality. It still haunts them. That's the person the Torah says. You're not going to be able to go to battle you're not going to be able to fight for God. You have to go home. You have to go back. So, I hope that you can open your heart to hear this, and, and I hope that I can open my heart to hear this, because this is a lesson that can transform our lives. If we're stuck in the mud, we're not stringing together pearls. We're not going forth. We're not helping ourselves. And we're certainly not helping God. What the Kutzka reminds us is that we have to be honest about our misdeeds. We have to examine and confront our past mistakes, and we have to regret and apologize and compensate, yes, and then we must forgive ourselves and step forward into battle with pride. So I will try to do that, and I hope that you will try to do that as well. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.